0: And at certain points, you try to like, write the things people want you to write or emulate other writers that don't necessarily inspire you. But the reason I think as human beings, we want to create art is because that's what like feeds and nourishes our spirit. And if you're not creating the art that you have been called upon to create, then your spirit isn't going to be nourished by that. It's like when you're really hungry for something and somebody hands you a candy bar and it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I need some chicken and rice. Like I need an actual meal.
1: This is Finding the through line, the show that gives you inside access to honest conversations about the creative process. I'm Kate Hanley. Today I'm talking with Minda Honey, Minda is the author of The Heartbreak Years, a hilarious and intimate memoir of a Black woman finding who she is and who she wants to be, one bad date at a time. Minda's essays on politics and relationships have appeared in all kinds of amazing places, Harper's Bazaar, the Los Angeles Review of Books, The Washington Post, The Guardian, Teen Vogue, and Long Reads. Minda is also the editor of Black Joy at Reckon an online outlet where she also helms a newsletter that has nearly 60,000 subscribers. Minda has also served as the director of the BFA in Creative Writing Program at Spalding University and a relationship advice columnist for Leo Weekly in Louisville, Kentucky. Minda, I'm really so excited to have you here today. Thanks
0: for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Kate. I was really excited when you reached out and i listened to a few episodes of your podcast and its previous iteration so you know i'm really thrilled to yeah. to get deep
1: right on aren't you a star guest i love it you did your homework <laughs> thank you <laughs> so how this works so that you know and so that our listeners know is that i'm going to ask you questions that fall into three basic categories practical matters inner stuff for lack of a better term and what's coming up If you're listening to the free version of this podcast, which I completely welcome and understand, each section of our interview is going to come in a short, easy-to-consume episode, and it's going to have a few ads thrown in to keep the lights on. If you want to skip the ads, you can become a paid subscriber where you'll get the full interview in one ad-free episode. To upgrade to paid, visit me on Substack at katehanley.substack.com. And upgrade to premium to gain access not only to ad free podcast episodes, but also a monthly Finding the Through Line gathering. We're going to get together on Zoom and answer one thought provoking question together and share our answers if you're up for it, or just hear other people's answers, which can be quite inspiring too. It's equal parts communal journaling, group coaching, and writing seminar all in one. All right, I've taken care of business. Let's get things rolling. So, Minda, can you? Bring us up to speed on what brought you to be doing the work that you're doing today.
0: Well, you know, I've always really been drawn to writing, even as a kid. But my mom works at the post office. My dad's a retired disabled American veteran. So the encouragement when I was growing up was very much like, do good in school, get a full ride to university and then get a good job. So I didn't know... Any writers. I didn't know how you made a living as a writer. So I did just that. I did really well in school. I got a full scholarship. I went to college. I joined the ranks of corporate America. But I was always taking community based writing workshops and just kind of, you know, keeping a live journal, just writing along the way. And eventually that cumulative effort led me to grad school, getting my MFA in creative writing. And once I graduated, I moved back home to Kentucky where the, low, where the cost of living is very low. Stayed with my mom for about a year and launched my career as a freelance writer. And eventually, you know, got an agent, sold the book, and now it's out in the world.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And I mean, what was it? What kinds of things did you notice yourself thinking or just believing that drew you to writing in the first place other than just enjoying it? It didn't come from your parents, right? It came from somewhere within. So I'm curious what that looked like.
0: I don't know. I think I'm of the camp of a writer where you just do it because you're compelled to do it. So even when I was very young, like in kindergarten, I had a journal that I kept and I would like write my limited sentences. And I would also draw pictures like, oh, we went to the park and roller skated today, or my mom made pork chops for dinner. And then As I got a little bit older, you know, my dad was a computer programmer, so I learned how to type very early. And so the first thing, you know, me and Mavis Beacon, we were so tight. And the very first thing I can like recall wanting to type was like a short story about elephants in the jungle having a tea party. So I don't know that it was ever anything that like I consciously thought about doing or why I did it or had like a specific urge that I was trying to like represent something in some way or something like that. I just wanted to write. I just felt compelled to write.
1: (laughs) You heard the call and you answered. (laughs) What is keeping you going doing your work today? What kinds of things just bolster you?
0: I think it's the same thing. You know, I'm one of those writers that the only time I feel worse than when I'm writing is when I'm not writing (laughs) because the guilt like, you know, weighs on me like, Oh gosh, I should be doing more writing. I should be writing more often. So yeah, I just feel very compelled. I think I've also reached a certain... I think your 30s are so miraculous because you get to a point in life where things start to click and you've also been through enough that you know that you can overcome and survive things and so you just have a lot more competence confidence in your capabilities and so now that like I'm 38 I'm getting really close to 40 I'm even more just kind of like grounded in what I want to do and the things that I want to do and I've achieved like a certain level of external success. And so that creates like this feedback loop for my internal success. But I know also that even if I never again accomplished anything with my writing, that I would continue to be one of those people that is just always writing. You know, I don't, I'm not the type of person who sits down and like writes every day, but the, like, a, you know, a snatch of a sentence will come to my mind and I'll like, you know, put it in my notes app on my phone and like maybe years later it will pop up in an essay but i'm just always really enjoying stringing words together when i have little flirty dm conversations there's one guy who's like i can tell you're like such a writer <laughs> like <laughs> just the way like you put these things together so even my flirting is very writerly uh-huh. so yeah i think yeah i think that i also have a community of writers at this point that I've come up with. And before you even get any sort of validation, at least for me, from an audience or a readership, it's generally other writers that are your peers or writers who are already successful that are vouching for you and giving you approval. And that I think really like grounds you in your craft to know that like other writers respect what you're doing.
1: Absolutely. And writing can be such a solitary affair, it's a really important reminder that you got to do it with other people.
0: Find your community.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of it kind of came naturally to you, but I'm curious, were there parts of it that were more difficult than you expected? And if so, kind of how did you deal with that?
0: Yes. I mean, I think the urge to write came very naturally to me, but like there's a difference between just like writing and turning into an art form. And so that's really kind of been my life's work is refining my craft. And so I think that some of the very like celebrated writers, a lot of the writers that I was taught to admire in school or some of the things that other people are writing that are very kind of like sparse and minimalist were not necessarily the types of things that I wanted to write about, you know, or the types of writers that I was following. There were so many, like when I got to grad school, there were so many writers that people were really excited about all these Davids and Jonathans that I had never even heard of in my entire life. And it's like, how has everyone else heard of these people and (laughs) read them? You know, like I was reading Toni Morrison, I was reading Zora Neale Hurston, I was reading Gail Jones, I was reading Toni K. Bambara. Like, these were the writers that spoke to me. There's like a certain rhythm to the writing, there's a lushness to the descriptions. So, remaining true to the type of writing that appealed to me and the type of writing I wanted to do was certainly a challenge. People are very dismissive of women writing about their experiences, of women writing about love, of women writing about sex of women writing in a way in which they are shameless, that really rubs people the wrong way. And so having to deal with people being dismissive of my writing, having people be like outright hostile (laughs) to the things I wanted to write about and steal and steal. You can tell I'm from Kentucky because sometimes that Kentucky accent will slip right out and (laughs) still like persevering and remaining loyal to my art and to what was important to me I think was the greatest challenge.
1: Yeah. You got any insight on how you did that? I mean that's that's impressive and it's hard and yeah.
0: I think at some point we could bottle it. <laughs> I think there's a lot of hemming and hawing and anxiety that goes on and at certain points you try to like write the things people want you to write or emulate other writers that don't necessarily inspire you but The reason I think as human beings, we want to create art is because that's what like feeds and nourishes our spirit. And if you're not creating the art that you have been called upon to create, then your spirit isn't going to be nourished by that. It's like when you're really hungry for something and somebody hands you a candy bar and it's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) I need some chicken and rice. Like I need an actual meal. It's the same thing. Like You can't bait and switch your soul. You can't bait and switch your spirit. So ultimately, you are going to have to go back to doing the thing that you're called upon to do. And regardless of like how much time you waste getting to that pop point, you're eventually going to arrive there and you're just going to have to have that like loyalty to yourself. And I think now, as someone who's recently published a book, I'm so thankful that I wrote the things I wanted to write and I published the book that I wanted to publish because then it doesn't matter whether or not the book succeeds or fails because the art is the art.
1: Yeah. Can you tell me about like the practices or the things that you do that help you stay creative and being in a place where you can do the art that nourishes your soul?
0: Yes. I'm (laughs) as far as, having a space and things like that like i'm single i don't have any children so my space and my time relatively belong to me so i have a lot of luxury and latitude in that that like i can dedicate a lot a fair bit of my time to my writing and that i've built a life that's structured around craft that's structured around art so recently i mean as i mentioned i'm in mexico And like recently I moved out of my place in Louisville and I've decided I'm going to move to Philadelphia, but I didn't want to do it in the winter time because it's really hard to meet people when you move someplace new in the winter. So I'm going to, (laughs) I'm going to travel through the winter and skip winter. So I'm in Mexico right now for a month. And part of that is because like, as a creative, like I crave new experiences and as someone who writes nonfiction, who writes memoir and personal essay, you're always needing to put yourself in these new situations in order to discover new elements of yourself. And so for me, part of that is traveling. Part of that is recreating my life every handful of years. And you know, you really kind of have to have a willingness to do that. Like I was talking to my mother before this podcast and she was telling me, my niece who's seven stayed the night at her house the other night and like you know I've put some of my stuff at my mom's house and my niece was like oh is is Min Min here like she like ran up the stairs and my mom's like no remember like Min Min's she's not here like it's just her stuff and she's like oh I know (laughs) like you know she's so sad because I've had the pleasure of being her next door neighbor for like most of her life basically basically her whole life and so you know, there are trade offs and sacrifices that make it hard to do this, but there's also just the reward in what you discover about yourself and the areas you're able to go in your writing when you're like kind of like brave enough to step into the unknown. Yeah.
1: When you sit down to actually write, where are you? What does it look like? Like, what kinds of tools are you using? Are you listening to music? Put us there.
0: Yeah, so I have a mechanical keyboard. I don't think anybody's going to see this recording, but Kate, but I'm going to show her my cute little keyboard. Oh, that is cool! Looks like honeycomb. I love how noisy it is. It's like clack, 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 <laughs> like that. Like just like sensoryness is really nice. When I'm you know settled in an apartment, I also have a very big monitor because I have terrible vision, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to make sure it doesn't get any worse. And I'm a typer. I know some people start out writing they do like long handwriting but maybe because i started typing so young like it just feels like unnecessary step and i also just feel so much more pressure like to commit something to paper versus typing it where you can infinitely backspace if you need to Mm -hmm. i'll listen to some lo-fi i like lo-fi a lot i can't listen to anything with words (laughs) to it Mm because it's very distracting to me And I also like to have a trio of drinks. Like I want water. I want something warm. And then I want something with like a little fizz to it. So like the little hydration variation. (laughs) It also makes me just feel like very locked in, ready to go. I am the type of person too, where I know some people can write in like little bursts of time in between things. But like I need like a good four hour block minimum. Cause I know I'm going to do a lot of lollygagging and that's just part <laughs> of the process. I got to get it out of my system and then I'm going to like be locked in. <laughs> Love that. All right.
1: That concludes this section of questions on the practicalities of how Minda gets her work done. Coming up in the next Finding the Throughline" episode, I'm gonna ask Minda questions that are more internally focused. We are gonna plumb the depths of your psyche. I hope you're psyched about that. Like how she deals with her inner critic and when it starts chiming in, ideas or beliefs she's had to rewrite. Finding the Throughline airs one interview per week, broken up into three episodes that come out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for free. Skip the ads and get each interview in one longer episode by becoming a paid subscriber at katehanley.substack.com. Even if you aren't ready to get out your wallet just yet, become a free subscriber at katehanley.substack.com and receive the full show notes with links to everything my guests and I cover. However you listen, thank you. Finding the Throughline is edited by Sound Advice Strategies connect with me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. Here's a little preview of what's to come in part two of this interview.
0: Sometimes, like, if it's just like a very heavy inner critic day and that cloud won't lift, I will just succumb to it and be like, you know what? Today is not the day for writing. Let me go take a walk. Let me go do something that does feel good in the moment. And I'll come back to this another day when my spirits are higher.
1: I'm Kate Hanley, and this is Finding the Through Line. More to come on Wednesday.